0: Candles, room sprays, perfumes and colognes by Tessa Williams. Visit tessawilliams.co.uk for more offers. Thanks so much to my next guest, Laura Jane Williams. Laura is a best-selling novelist. She's had three books published of non-fiction, three fiction books. Her latest book, The Lucky Escape, is just come out published by HarperCollins and it is fantastic. Thank you Laura for coming on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I was just wondering if we could kind of go into the sort of background of where all your writing um began from because it sounds like you've done so many interesting things traveled you've worked in a language school you've been to bali and i don't know you look about 25 so yeah how how (laughs) did it all start (laughs) uh well thank
1: you i am 35 but i will take the 25 thank (laughs) you um still very young i guess i yes um i suppose i always knew i wanted to write and when i look back it's that age old thing of um you know at school and in the creative writing classes and uh taking English at A level because I thought I would get to do a lot more creative writing than I did um and and feeling like um you know it's never a viable sort of career option you're steered away from the art um and so i traveled you know i come from a family of travelers my grandmother backpacked
0: until she was about 85 really Um, wow that is an inspiration where did you yeah you know it's amazing she would uh she'd schlep
1: uh east so she'd go kind of singapore australia um certainly when she was in her 70s she was uh, she did thailand um amazing I that's to so here cool. in vietnam but definitely did thailand yeah so i traveled and met a couple of girls who were younger than me from leeds mm-hmm. who were really pers- pardon me
0: i'm going to cough <coughs> pardon me it's not covid so don't met- panic
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> um So yeah, I met a couple of girls when I was traveling who were really pursuing their passions and what they wanted to do. And it made me go, Do you know what? I'm I'm gonna afford that to myself as well. I'm gonna give it a go. Um, so went to university to study creative writing and met my best friend. Yes, yeah, and that's where I met my best friend Callum McSwiggan, who is also a writer. And it was just that perfect storm of um meeting somebody who kept me accountable to myself and I kept Callum accountable to himself. And, um, you know, they told us on the first day we probably wouldn't get published. And, and that was a, you know, I was a bull to a red flag for that, you know, wait until I prove you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so yeah, I, I became very dogged in my determination to do it. And my first book came out just as I turned
0: 30, um, Mm -hmm. And that and was been a non-fiction ever book. Okay, your first book, Laura.
1: Yes, yeah, that was non-fiction. Becoming all about sort of my tempestuous twenties and um, being being dumped by uh, my high school sweetheart, so he could marry a girl who used to be my best friend. Oh, um, tragedy, true. Ah, uh, well, tragedy at the time, but you know, thank God that I'm not married yes. to him myself now do you know him mean? yeah um I think I'd grew up I'd grew up in a relationship with him and was too scared to do life without him so actually him being the one to you know release me it, it wasn't a bad thing it was the making of me um but I think I kind of had to exercise some demons in in writing about that to truly let it go myself and yeah. From there, I was invited to do another nonfiction book. But fiction, making up stories, has always been my intention. It. I sort of yeah. accidentally... Yeah, yeah. I often say you can hide in plain sight mm. when writing fiction. You have to be so careful in nonfiction about how you're coming across, how other people are coming across, <laughs> that you're not telling anybody's story but your own. In fiction you know, I can insert my thoughts, my fears, my beliefs, my worries into, you know, numerous characters. Um, yeah. and Explore what I think and feel that way. And I, I find that incredibly freeing.
0: Yeah. And there's some great one liners in the Lucky Escape, just like odd ones that I remember when um she's talking about the fail the marriage that didn't work she's like I failed at the one thing as an adult you're meant to do and I just thought that so encapsulates it all so well because there's so much kind of pressure you know you're this age you should do that should you know have managed to have a successful relationship by this time or a job held down but yeah, it's, it's such a great book and uh, it's quite a surprising story. How did the idea kind of come up for this one, Laura? Um, I think <laughs> my editor
1: and I, I have a very close relationship with my editor and we had gone back and forth uh, for a while. I wanted to do a kind of more weepy book. We touched on the idea of... Um, well, actually, if I tell you the idea that I touched on, I might give something away about the lucky escape. So I'll, I'll avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was ultimately sat in a hotel room a couple of Christmases ago in Chicago. Uh, there wow. For my Sounds wedding. interesting. Yeah, there for my brother's wedding. And, you know, there was never my brother has been with his partner for years and years. They got legally married the year before, but were celebrating the year after um you know they had visa issues and and green card issues and whatnot so they were already married yeah Um, but i was just sort of idly knowing i needed this book idea and i text my editor and said you know what if somebody didn't turn up at the altar i suppose coming from i was there for a wedding you know you start thinking what happens at weddings and she was like yes i think we're on to something
0: um
1: and i also knew I had set my first fiction book uh, in London. It's very London-centric. Um, the Love Square that came after that was set in the Derbyshire countryside, which is where I live. Yeah. So then I knew I wanted to write about a place very far from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the idea of this honeymoon came up. And yeah, as I was writing it, you know, I was writing it at the height of the pandemic. Um, so for me, it was really about escaping the reality of, um you know, the stay at home order and being on lockdown, so you know, I wrote it from the sofa in my pants, but it, <laughs> what a joy and a pleasure and a gift that in my imagination oh, what an achievement you know, I got to be <laughs> yeah on, on both coasts of Australia, yeah, and it does feel like an achievement um I know so many people just you know were totally running on empty during the pandemic, and I just feel so i mean I'm contracted to deliver a book. So I had no choice. I I had to do it. Um, But yes, it was a wonderful way to pass the spring and the summer last year um, when real life just felt so awful. And I, I don't think I ever really anticipated releasing it when we would still be weathering a pandemic so I hope that in the same way that it was conceived as an escape that people can read it as an escape we might not be able to go on holiday but hopefully if you read the lucky escape you'll you'll feel like I you've like been it. to Australia too
0: yeah I know. yeah it's quite a quite a tough time still really I'm in Scotland and uh, just the thought of be not being able to go anywhere this summer you know used to always go to Catacades in spain every single year for about 16 years and now you can't go anywhere so good to have books like yours as a good Mm. escape but um going back to your first book as you were talking about and that was just before you were 30 that it was published and was that before because you've also done great journalism work too and you've had columns in lots of magazines was that after your journalism, or kind of come at the same time. That um, works. kind of come at the same time. Becoming
1: came out, um, and I don't think the misogynistic reception that it had from some parts of media would oh, be the really? same day kind of post me too. Yeah. Mm. So even though we're only going back five years, I, you know, I remember Cage, yeah. I did like 12, 12 interviews in a row with the BBC or different regional parts of the BBC. So I'm sat in a booth at, at the yeah. BBC in London being connected all over the country and it all the male disc jockeys uh basically inferred that if I had read a book about getting over heartbreak by you know being a bit promiscuous, um, how would I ever get a, a boyfriend again? You know, basically yeah. I was a bit of a used up slag and how did I feel about that?
0: Oh yeah, and that would not happen now. Could not. <laughs>
1: no. And and yeah. and it really um it really affected how I saw myself because I internalized that for for oh, a moment. Yeah. And it ended up getting picked up by like the Daily Mail, The Sun. I was at the time I had um, a Google alert for my name and I was getting Google alerts in every language you could imagine. And ah. at the same time was also dating and genuinely looking for love. And I used all of that as a way to pitch to Pratsia. uh, the features director at the time, had reached out to say that she had loved the book. And I said, yeah. I've got a column idea. If you don't want it, I'll take it somewhere else. But I'm dating. And when I talk about sex and love, look at the headlines it generates. And so they picked me up for a four-month column, um, which was amazing. And I feel Mm. very proud of myself that that could have gone one of two ways. I could have let the more misogynistic response to my story, you know, bring me down. But what I actually did was pick myself up and use it to my advantage yeah, um, and I'm incredibly proud of that. Incredibly proud of that.
0: Turned it around. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And how do you kind of feel about journalism now? Because obviously, um, newspapers and magazines—they've really suffered over the past years mm. with the budgets, and people just don't get out to buy them. Everything is online. But how do you do? You still enjoy the kind of print um, aspect?
1: Um, Yeah. And I don't think, you know, the thrill of seeing your name as a byline, I I just don't think it ever goes away. Yeah. Um, I've I've never made a full time living out of journalism Hmm. um, and I do actually teach quite hard nowadays. Yeah, I do teach the occasional course on pitching and writing for magazines, but okay. always with the caveat of do not go into this thinking it's going to be a full time gig. Yes. And anyone I know for who it has been a full time gig, you know, they are having to add strings to their bow. It is this very millennial portfolio career, um, right? Yeah, where you know, straight up writing, it, it's just not feasible it's so hard you know people it's are public tough. speaking they're writing yeah. books yeah
0: yeah um, but writing books yeah, is, with the advent. wonderful yeah you've done so well with it and what would you say it was kind of the turning point in having your ideas to getting them published and getting your your first book deal or what was that kind of turning point for you Laura um
1: I mean, I've I, the hunger for it has just grown and grown and grown. Yeah. Um, you know, I was always taught it's not about getting a yes. It's about fencing off a reason for people to say no. And Great. so being yeah. very... I like that. Being very... Yeah, it's helpful. Strong. Being very strategic. Yeah. I set up a blog. I built up an Instagram following. I built up a Twitter following. You know, I was very strategic. Um, very good you know, important as a way to make sure yeah there's a way to make sure that you know there was no reason to say no to me yeah um yeah and you know you, you get a certain success or you get a certain book deal and then your idea of success and what you want next changes yeah um but yes. yeah for me it always comes comes back to that
0: very good. I mean, you are you are with a huge publisher now. You are this book is published by HarperCollins, Collins, isn't it? Have you always been with them or how how did it come around that you, you chose them or they chose you to go with? Uh
1: my my nonfiction is with Hodder and Stoughton. Okay. And um just through publishing um, I got to know editors. I got to know people. People would follow me. I would follow them. We'd see each other at events. And I had been teaching some creative writing classes. And somebody at Avon is the imprint, which is oh, part of HarperCollins. But
0: not to do the Okay, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, cause I know uh, you do beauty as well. There,
1: Yes, I did used to be a beauty PR uh, oh, for about wait, 10 yeah. minutes. It, it, that yeah. was not... Uh, uh, I loved not it thing. while I loved it, but ultimately I knew it was books that I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So somebody at Avon reached out to me and said, did I know anybody um, who might be able to carry a project? They had an idea for a story they wanted to tell. Did anybody from my writing courses seem to fit the bill? And I was like, well, actually, what about me? What's the story? You know, yeah. and this editor said, oh, I didn't know you wanted to write fiction. I said, I'm trained in fiction. So mm-hmm. that's how it came about. Um, yeah. And from that, you know, the book did incredibly well. And so I was signed for for more books.
0: Excellent. Um, yeah. very good yeah and how about um laura the sort of the nitty-gritty of the writing because it's all very well saying oh yeah in, i'm writing writing a book blah, blah, blah. but getting those words on paper i know i've i've had two books published they're totally different from your non-fiction books but still the actual writing is extremely torturous how do you find is the best way of doing is there a time of day you just do all day or the night the morning or what's the best time
1: um I mean I definitely think you have to have like discipline over motivation discipline. if you're waiting for yeah. your motivation every day you'll be disappointed yeah so it is about the discipline and the more I do the more I know if you leave it too late for deadline it's just too painful and it feels better (laughs) yeah it just feels better going to bed knowing that I've had a bash that I've given it a go rather than going to bed and I didn't and and so sometimes I know they say you should act out of love and not fear but sometimes I write out of the fear of it just feels too crappy not to have done you know I'm picking my lesser evil yeah um I don't want to go to sleep being like mate you could have at least done 500 words you know yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I can seldom do. You know, I average probably two thousand words in a writing session. Sometimes three thousand, wow, and I tend to so have good. a run of. I tend to have a run of several really good days, and then a bit of a break, and then another run of several good days. Um, mm-hmm. And the breaks in between drafts as well help. I think knowing I'm a project based person, so having a set amount of time to do a crap draft. Having a set of time to make it a better draft, having a set of time to do structural edits,
0: mm-hmm. et
1: cetera, et cetera, really yeah. suits my personality leading into that. It was Cheryl Strayed, who I first heard talk about herself as a project person. And I just so,
0: I'd, I'd, oh, yes, I identify with that. I'm a project person, too. Right. Yeah. So like everything is a project and kind of treating it just as an individual kind of entity Mm. sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And Laura, do you tend to make a big plan first of how the book is going to be? Or do you just kind of start writing and then it goes, this happens, that happens and da 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 da? The end. Because I know every writer is um, different. Yeah, and I think every project is different as
1: well. Certainly, the more books I write, the more I'm coming to understand that every book needs something different from you. And I used to be a very heavy plotter. Plotter. I yeah, that's what uh, I used to be, um, yeah, a huge plotter. Then I wrote a, a short novella without plan. Wow. What's he called? And it was so joyous. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. Top um, secret. All will huh? be revealed. Yeah, thank yeah, you. But maybe. in writing that, and I didn't have a plan for that because it was such a short project, it taught me so much about the value of letting your characters tell you where they want to go. Oh, and so okay. the book I'm working on now um, has a much looser outline. And I think... Um, you know plotting with an inch of your life is a bit of a you know it's the illusion of control because things always change so much anyway so if the illusion of control is helpful for a project fine but I am learning a little bit to give up the ghost with the illusion of control because I'm trusting my own skill as it develops I'm trusting it so much more
0: yeah yeah that, that that's interesting and uh, one thing I'm always very fascinated to hear of writers what what they say of when you're writing do you read other fiction or do you tend to avoid it or do you do you just read like nonfiction or what's your kind of take on that line? I'm, I'm always reading
1: I'm always always reading I yeah. stories feed me. Um, yeah.
0: What, who are your favourite you know, writers or some of them?
1: Um, I mean, I will, sometimes I read as a reader, sometimes I read as a writer to unpick how things have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just read Taylor Jenkins' read, Taylor Jenkins' reads um, Malibu because I love Daisy Jones and The Six and thought it was really masterfully done. This mm-hmm. idea of, you know, before you even start the book, the house burns down at the end. So it's like building up to like why. Yeah. Um, and it the day is taken hour by hour, the day leading up to how the house burns down. Um, and it's got flashbacks. And I just thought to be able to do hour by hour and Whatever, yeah. flashbacks to decades ago was was really masterful. And I loved in five years, um I thought it was so simple and again you know that she wakes up in a bed and the guy is not her fiance yeah so like how does it get to that point um so you know the end so that element of like page turning mystery mm-hmm. I'm so yes. interested
0: in yeah the intrig-
1: um so yeah. those have been the two really contemporary books recently where I'm like mm-hmm. mm. yeah, yeah.
0: In Excellent. proper page turners. Yeah. And how about your family, Laura? They must be very proud of you. Are any other people in your family writers or kind of similar um to you? Uh no, my brother is in post production for advertising.
1: Um, which is as logical as it is creative, which I suppose writing is as logical as it is creative because it is just problem solving. Um, My parents uh, would tell us stories growing up. So that like verbal storytelling. Yeah. Um, I've just always, always been drawn to books, always been drawn to stories, always been drawn to that idea that somebody else can, can create a world that you get to temporarily live in.
0: yeah very good amazing Mm. um the imaginary world yeah Yeah. brilliant Mm. and do you Mm. do you um do you live in derbyshire or do you live in london uh, laura nowadays uh
1: no i left london to uh to to come to derbyshire yes which um like we said during the pandemic. Be if lucky. I was nostalgic and missed London at all, the pandemic cured me of it because of what everything I've got on my doorstep.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. So yes, got the country yeah. now. Very nice. And what would you say you missed most? I mean, we, we're not really out of this pandemic, but what what mm-hmm. did you miss the most of the pandemic times? The um, lockdown. What did you find was most severe?
1: I mean, I did – I've seen Jessie Burton talk about this, that really the pandemic highlighted for her just how much of a sort of – relatively recluse like lifestyle she has that you take yourself away from society as you read so really my spring and summer last year wasn't that different to how it would be when I was creating anyway if Mm -hmm. anything you know I had um, the love square come out as I was writing the lucky escape and I was able to concentrate on writing because I wasn't gallivanting about doing events and signings and meetings it kind of limited my distractions in a lot of ways which is why you know I never thought I'd be publishing a second book in a pandemic I don't think anybody could have anticipated that um but trying to hold on to those lessons of keep it quiet keep you know let the book do the talking Mm -hmm. um and just focus on writing the next amazing thing Um, but at the same time I'm like everybody else I'd I'd love to be way you know waving my passport and hopping on a plane to Chicago to see my brother or get some summer sun. But, um, yeah. you know, short, short term pain for, for long term gain, isn't it? Let's get the world
0: vaccinated. Yes, indeed. That's what we get back to better kind of normality. And just a final um, question, Laura, you've had enormous success with your books and you're great great um, speaker and journalist. Um, what would your advice be to young people who are really keen to get into writing or novel writing, whatever? What would you suggest? Just write the book. Just do it. There's nothing else you need to do except write the book
1: Mm -hmm. and the rest will come. Yeah. Write the book. Don't talk about writing the book. Just write the book is Mm -hmm. my advice.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Laura. It's wonderful to speak to you. And the best way for people to find out about you and um, all your latest um, updates and everything, because I know you do. You do also do classes sometimes and um, will you be having any live book events with this book, Lucky Escape, that people can come and meet you at uh, or, or on uh, no, soon?
1: No live events. There's There's discussions around a couple, but again, the pandemic, you don't want to be planning too far in advance. And I don't want the responsibility of people coming out before it's truly time. Uh, but people can connect with me at Laura Jane Author on Instagram, and any exciting Perfect. news is always posted there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, marvelous. Thanks so much. Great to speak to you, and good luck with the next book. And hopefully, we might we might meet in the real world one time. Let yeah. Know. Let me know if you get to Scotland. ever. Thank you very very yes. much. And it really enjoyed speaking to you. Well done. Thank you so much, Tessa. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enrich and enhance your life with elements of fragrances, candles, room sprays, perfumes, and colognes by Tessa Williams. Visit tessawilliams.co.uk for more offers.